Vikings. They were singing about hobbits, and they were one of the most incredible British invasion bands. But seriously, like you want to talk about those English bands that, oh yeah, that that love that sort of mythical, outsized grandeur. Nobody quite like Led Zeppelin, but come no. from the land of the ice and snow, and here we are in Minnesota. It is the Brian Oak Show, by the way, episode 221, and we are in the midst of another deep freeze. This has been a weird winter where the temperatures rocket up to 40, then literally when I went out to the car this morning, it was negative 11, and the vehicle, although it started, was not entirely happy about it, and I guess neither was I, but here we go. Now it's going to mellow out over the weekend again and be bitter cold by the beginning of the coming week, but we're not here to talk about the weather. We are here here to talk to a, a guest who has been on the show a couple times before and she's wonderful i'm really a huge fan and she's got her fingers in so many different deals all the time she's a worker she's a grinder she's cool as hell her name is Yua vang we'll talk to her in just a minute but first i want to say hello to sean how are you sean i'm doing okay how are you feeling doing better? i am feeling better from a rona standpoint yeah. Really bummed about the passing of Louis Anderson, who was a friend on both sides of my family. So we just got that news about an hour or so. We're recording this on Friday, and um, I knew Louis really, really well, and was just an absolute sweetheart. Um, he would, after his mother would pass, after his mother passed away, he would go to my grandma's place directly from the airport, and she would know to have two dozen cookies baked for him. <laughs> and I would call up and I'd be like, hey, Grandma, can I swing by? She'd go, well, Louie's here, and he's eating his cookies, and <laughs> you're welcome to come over, but there may not be any cookies left. Let but, Louie have his cookies. I've yeah. had Louie on the air a couple times in my life, and yeah. beyond gracious and funny and always a gamer in every scenario a gamer, yes. despite the fact that he's experienced the dizzying heights of being an American comic, both in his live touring and then getting on a show like Baskets. I mean, Louis Anderson's an institution, but he's also one of us, right? It hits close to home because when you lose somebody from your neck of the woods, especially as Minnesotans, we're very provincial about these things. It's difficult. But one time I flew down to Vegas because for years, a good friend of mine, Jason Schomer, who's also been yes. a guest. Yeah, good um, friends with Louis too. Well, he would, but he was Louis's right hand for yes. years. I mean, yes. Like, his handler, his attache, if you will, whatever yeah. it was. And he was such a good friend. He's like, me and Louis are doing a residency down in Las Vegas. Why don't you come and see us? And it wasn't in one of the giant glitzy rooms. It was yeah. in the same sort of mid-sized theater that when they were done, the Australian male dance review, the thunder from <laughs> down under would oh fall. Oh my gosh. Didn't stick around for that, I'll be honest. But watching Jason and Louis there, I guess my point is this. I've only met him three times in my life. Never once was either he's like you know the consummate interactor. Never once was there a crack in the armor, or mm -hmm. maybe he was just one of the nicest people alive because he was always an absolutely wonderful individual. Yeah, I got to see some of the cracks in the armor. I had a long talk with him about his father and my father and the similarities between them. And um, I had read his book, Dear Dad, and just talked to him at length about that. And Louis could have been a destructive guy. He could have been a self-destructive guy. Instead, he spent most of his life trying to make other people laugh. And I just have such great admiration for that. Um, was He was a truly kind man. If you look at, the, if you look at uh, briefly, the, the celebrities of Minnesota, as we look at Prince and Bob Dylan, uh, even like Paul Westerberg, not many of them uh, 
are your next door neighbor type where you can <laughs> reach out and you know right. you send them a text and they get back to you louis was mm-hmm. approachable and warm and kind and genuine and authentic and we will miss him dearly well, rest in peace, Louis Anderson. He provided a lot of part of the fabric of our popular culture in our lives growing up, and he will be sorely missed because he was a really, really good individual. Before we go any further with The Brian Oak Show, you have to thank Smart Start MN. In fact, we normally are in the Smart Start MN studios near 48th in Chicago, but today we are doing a Zoom because, you know, just getting over the Rona, everyone yep. feels a little iffy, just playing it safe today because, you know what, it, it's a podcast and it's not worth getting on a ventilator over. Although... Mm. You know, some might beg to differ. But Smart Start MN, Minnesota's original ignition interlock company, they are the ones who worked with the legislature and the state to get ignition interlock instituted in Minnesota. And what that means is they can put a device in your vehicle that even if you've lost your license due to driving and drinking, which is a terrible idea, by the way, but it still continues to happen with alarming regularity. Don't do it. But if you do do it and you lose your license, our friends at Smart Start MN are going to be there in a non-judgmental fashion. They're going to be there in a way to get you back onto the road as soon as possible. And if you follow a certain link, you might get that installed for a little less than you might otherwise expect. Yeah, just hop on over to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Sorry, it's been a long morning and I've had too much coffee. I did the morning <laughs> show today, then I had to record another show for the weekend, and then I yeah. was a guest on another station. So I'm kind of amped right now, and I yeah. think I, I got gulped down too much air right there. So I'm going to try to <laughs> namaste, pull it back online, because we're going to say one more goodbye before we say hello to you, Evang meatloaf right like i don't pretend to have been a lifelong fan of meatloaf but he was one of those larger than life characters whether you want to take that literally or metaphorically who was there wasn't really anybody else like him you know there was the flouncy white shirts and the black vests and the long scarves hanging off of his wrists or of, of the microphone but he wasn't just a guy who sang these near operatic yes frog rock songs right i mean like it's one thing to do a big song and a lot of artists have but i mean i'm not joking when i say that there was almost an operatic quality to what he did throughout almost his entire career his primary songwriter was a guy named jim steinman who would then later on go on to work with bonnie tyler sisters of mercy he had sort of a signature gigantic style with choirs and and just uh, multiple time changes and again it's like an opera and we also found out that meatloaf has passed away at the age of 74 now he wasn't just a great musician he was also in all kinds of movies like 60. what's that he was in 60 movies somebody posted 60 60 movies that that blows my mind because i know i know the higher like there was a killer old movie from the 70s called roadie if you've never seen it you've got to see that movie that's an underground one but i mean he was one of the primary side characters in fight club he was the spice girls fucking bus driver in spice world okay you know look in in the smart start mn studios is there or is there not a spice girls platinum album hanging on the wall there is indeed okay that's it's hung high hung high Tenacious D, among my all-time favorites. Yes. He played young Jack Black's dad in the very opening scene with an incredible song called Kickapoo, which I wish I would have played here, but I feel like since the man has passed, we can do that anytime. This is a long song, and if you don't want to listen to it, you can fast forward to it, and U of Ang will be up next. But this one, to me, encompasses all of the largesse, all of the talent, 
all of everything that Meatloaf brought to bear with his music over the course of his career. It's a long one, but I, if you haven't listened to this one in a long time, give it a try from start to finish because I did it earlier this morning and it's a banger, man. Meatloaf, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights on The Brian Oak Show.
doing the podcast and we're playing the Love me forever, do you need me? Will you never leave me? Will you make me so happy for the rest of my life? Will you take me away? Will you make me away? Do you love me? I had kind of forgotten just how 
good meatloaf was at playing humor seriously right like that's not a simple game but right there when he said i've told you i'd love you till the end of time and then breaks into the final sweet part of that suite right but that song's broken up like a musical all the way through like i told you i'd love you till the end of time and now i'm praying for the end of time it, it's absolutely brilliant rest in peace. i don't remember i don't remember the dog being in that song yeah, no, that was the that was the Bernard remix, is what that oh, was. Oh, it was right okay, there. okay. Even though you openly mocked me about knowing when to mute and not mute <laughs> Zoom podcast, there we go. So that one. I that hate one Zoom was, so much. Oh my will, god, I hate Zoom. That will exist in perpetuity. So just something. I'm not. I, what I what I won't be doing is editing out that part and then adding in the regular song. That won't Good be happening. God. No, please do not. <laughs> I want to say hi to today's guest. Today's guest is a dynamic individual, and I feel like even that's almost damning her with faint praise. She has done a little bit of everything. She's worked the spectrum, and she's been a friend, an ally, a proponent, and an active worker in the music community for a very, very long time. She's also an artist. She does, along with her rallies, needlepoint that'll curl your toes, right? I mean, it'll 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 blow your ears back every once in a while when you read them. Um, she does incredible work, she's cool, she writes as well, and she's got a new job, but her last job that I knew about was booking the bands that played out at the airport. That has since come and gone, but I just wanna say hello to the inimitable Yua Vang. Hi, Yua. Hi, can you hear How me? are you? Yeah. We can hear you. Do you have any pets that you'd like to feature on today's show? Uh, I don't, I mean, I'm at work right now, so they're not with me. Oh. All right, well, well, then we'll keep this tight because everyone's got work to get done today. Yes. Um, what I want to say about you, Evang, before we talk about anything professional or real world or mundane is I have always, since the very first time I met you and getting to know you better over the years, felt a kinship with you in the sense that you you have a duality about you that I, th I think is okay. Like A lot of times when someone has a cynical streak or a dark streak, people get worried about you or they're like, whoa, what the fuck's wrong with this person? But it's also balanced with a humor and real love and kindness where, you know, people look, some of us just know that entropy is the nature of the universe, right? Like meatloaf praying for the end of time. So you openly admit that you're a cynical individual, but I, I also, that that other part of you is so crucial and so informative, but I, are you like me in that, like, you know, as soon as you start to feel really good about something, you're like, fuck, something's wrong. But I, I got to figure <laughs> out what's wrong here. Uh, I don't know if I'm like that. I'm, I like to hold things with a loose grip because you know that it's not like permanent. Uh, I think that's the best way to love people and the way to love things because it's just, I mean, I just feel like it's so cliche. Life is just way too short. And it's, you know, if we sit here and we regret what we don't have anymore, we kind of miss out on what is in front of us a lot of the time. So talk to me about this then real briefly before we hear your first song, because I hate to go too long without music, even though we just had eight minutes of <laughs> spectacularly overproduced meatloaf. Um, you for a long time. How long were you booking bands out at MSP, the Minneapolis St. Paul Airport? I was there about two and a half years um, All right. and it was, you know, really, I loved writing. I mean, I, I was a freelance writer. I still am um, for a lot of the 2010s and I spent a lot of time um, just uplifting artists and their voices. And I'm sure Brian, you feel the same way. Like when 
my editor, my favorite editor, Reed Fisher, was like, I'm leaving. He left to go, I think, to Go96. He was there for a bit. And uh, I just, I stopped writing. Like, I tapered what I was doing. And I just felt like, are people still going to think I'm cool if I don't write about them anymore? Like, are people going to like me? Like, that was the one reason that people liked me that I thought. So I was like, oh, I don't know. But I felt at the airport, I was able to uplift them in a different way. And I didn't have to write about it, which was great because, you know, I hate writing, even though I write. So. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> Let's stop right there because I, you did a great job curating the list of artists. I remember, I don't fly that often, but every time I went right there in that concourse, there would always be someone playing live and that was you. And I, I liked it very much, but I, you know, I know that you've had a long period of being a freelance writer. You hate writing. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've said that many times. I, I, it's not my thing. Like, I think some people are great at it. Um, I like what the finished product, it's just a really hard thing for me to do. Like it doesn't come easy for me, but I do, I think it's just storytelling and that's what I love doing. That's my favorite part of it. Yeah, well, and for me, like being on air, people are like, oh man. And I'm like, no, 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 this person, that person, that yeah. person, those are fucking superstars at doing this. I just happen to have a deep voice and cannot ever <laughs> stop talking, um, which is, I'm sorry, it's, it's, there's way more truth in there than not. Um, but I, you know, but like as as the world has changed, right, with all the online applications and all the online focus, my job has become increasingly about writing. And as bad as I think I am on the air or on a podcast, I'm awful at writing. But you had to, you didn't really have a choice. Like even if you don't like it, you've got to marshal yourself. You've got to gird yourself and be like, all right, I'm going to get this right. I'm going to do it intelligently. I'm going to tell the right story. I mean, so is it, has it been an uphill battle every time? Did it ever just fall into your lap and like, oh no, here's my fucking story. It's every time, every, every time. time. And I think like some people are, can sit down and just spit stuff out, but I'm not one of them. And I think, uh, you know, I, it could have easily been that, you know, when you're doing something and you're like, it's going to get better, I'm going to get better at it. It could have easily turned into that. But I had great editors that were able to kind of turn me and help me find stories. And that was when I kind of felt um, I got into my groove, you know, um, which is great. But I just it's still hard. And um, we can talk about my book later, too. But the first time I came on the show, we were talking about my book and it's like two years later, almost two years later, because I remember yeah. it was January 30th, the first time I was on, and it was a really dark day. And you were saying Happy New Year because you were going to kiss the tiger had been on your show. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, it's not Happy New Year because it's January 31st. And you had accidentally. <laughs> That's kind of standard for anyone yeah. who's ever uh, been around me. Like, I have a tendency to. I mean, I remember what I did for the month, but I, I you look down at the thing and you see 31 and right away. Your brain's like, happy <laughs> freaking new year. Here we go. That's sort of the, the Brian Oak philosophy, actually. Yeah. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. Before we go, <laughs> before we go any further with you, Evang, I would like to hear some music, you and you've chosen an excellent, excellent collection of female artists, singer songwriters. And I'm actually very much looking forward to your thoughts on these. Uh, your first one, the one of the three that I know the least about is, even though they're probably the most famous of the three, is Paramore. Why'd you pick this one? Paramore, uh, this is 
a song I think after I don't remember which album, but uh, I interviewed the uh, Taylor for this um, album cycle, and I I think like when I stopped him in his track because like they're thought of as this band that keeps shedding people, and he's like, well. I don't know if that's what we want to be remembered for. And I'm like, what do you want to be remembered for? But um, this is a song about moving on and kind of reminiscent of my time at the airport and just leaving there, so. Let them have their time. Sit back and let them shine. Let them rise and rise. Cause one day they're gonna fall. Let them soak in the sun. Sit back and let them have their fun Let them spill their guts Cause one day they're gonna slip on them Well I could be angry But you're not worth a fight And besides I'm moving on I'm counting to ten And I'm feeling alright And besides I'm moving on Let them play their songs let them say what's right and wrong Let them do their thing Cause it'll never be you and me We got our own style We got a way of living life If they can't get down Well, we don't need them around Well, I could be angry But you're not worth a fight And besides, I'm moving on I counted to ten I like that one. Very good. The upbeat, but also no small amount of flipping the bird. <laughs> yeah. you, right? yeah. I mean, that, but that's that's sort of the sweet spot, right? I mean, that's how we all feel about things. Nobody's entirely altruistic moving forward. Yeah. And no one's, well, except I've met a couple of them, but almost no one's <laughs> a complete monster in moving on, right? Like, it's bittersweet. There are new opportunities. I know you got a new gig, but there are also you like you like doing things and things could have been better. And what if we had done this? And what if we had done that? Mm -hmm. That's the way it goes. Before we talk about your book, because I want to pick up that conversation that you sort of dangled out there briefly. I do have to ask Sean real quick how things are going in the real estate game. I think sometimes of you when I think of Sean Bernard is like I know Don Draper was on, you know, uh, Madison Avenue working in the top sales pitches of the day and one of the sexiest times to be alive that's not quite the same as the realty game in 2022 but it seems like it's pretty close i mean i feel like you're living the high life i'm kind of the sean draper the, the <laughs> of don draper who's just a big disappointment you know just to not just, only his family but his co-workers and the entire company yeah don draper really fun drinks you know has a lot of chicks Sean, uh, Sean Draper, his nephew, who, you know, bottomed out years ago, is sober yeah. and uh, just stayed married to the same woman for 27 years. Okay, well, the, but there are people, especially <laughs> up here in the upper Midwest, who would probably prefer to hang out with Sean Draper. Although Don <laughs> did look good, man, but dangerous. Handsome anyway, bastard. Yeah. Really good looking. And uh, we'll leave it right there. Um, you are working real estate these days for the Dyna Realty 50th and France location. 
right now i know other people are still like all right let's just get this behind us let's move into the new year but people are always thinking about either moving or acquiring a home for the first time why is right now a good time to pay attention and talk to a realtor you know i think it just depends on your situation and and where you're at with things um if you're of our generation you're probably thinking about uh where your parents are going to be and what they're going to do with themselves you might be already thinking about what your kids are going to do and where they're going to live you might be considering downsizing right now if you're our age you might look at your home as part of your retirement plan as we're looking at it as well um, but i'm kind of the research nerd that's what i take pride in that and i'd say negotiation and just trying to get people on the other side to negotiate things fairly uh, instead of being ridiculous about things and so and I always say to everybody at the start I'm gonna care about you through this process and we're gonna have some fun as well uh, and at the end of it all we're gonna donate some money to an area musician or band so we're giving back a little bit out of this craziness uh, that happens with real estate uh, it can be stressful at times my job is to mitigate stress and to navigate you through what will be probably one of the biggest investments of your life 612-859-2594 that's how you get a hold of me. That number also has a texting component. You, Evang, you mentioned that two years ago, roughly, was the first time you were on the show. First of all, that makes Grandpa feel very old that we've been doing a podcast for more than two years because yeah. most things are flings or limited edition series. It's still very nice to be here for episode 221. And we talked about your book. Explain to me before we get back into learning more about your book, how someone who was a freelance writer, it sounds almost like against your will, then decided, you know what? Writing is so hard and so difficult and so challenging. I'm actually gonna write a fucking book. What What were you thinking, Yua? Well, I think most of the time I'm writing about other people. And this time um, when I pitched a story, I went, uh, I, I had to write about myself. And with that, you don't have to do much as much research. So to me, it was a lot easier in that sense where it was just kind of a stream of consciousness. But um, the hard part was I wasn't sure where it was going. I was working with a publisher possibly, and I was back and forth with them for a long time. And since then, um, I think pretty soon after I saw you guys last, I had turned in my final draft to them. And the hard part was I didn't hear back for almost a month and a half and when you don't hear hmm. back from people you're just like huh something's wrong you know something is weird they don't like it and you doubt yourself so i nudged her and i was like hey i'm i'm curious what's going on with this and it was a lot of um it's not what we want and after you've been working on a project for like three years you're just like i was i mean to be honest i was pissed because yeah. I, I was sitting at home and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. I called up my friend, Pamela Espelin, who actually, uh, she passed away recently um, mm -hmm. from a stroke, I think in, I don't remember what month it was, but it was right before the holidays and it was really sad. And mm -hmm. I called her and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And she really was just like, hey, fuck you to them. And I, I think you have to have friends like that too. Mm -hmm aren't going to be like oh it's going to be okay you know I, I think like somebody who could just listen and be like hey this sucks it sucks that this is happening um i mean she didn't have like ideas or options for me but she was able to listen and with that i i left the book for a while 
Um, I didn't know what to do with it because I was really frustrated. And I'm sure like rejection is really hard for everybody, especially on a project that you've been working on for so long. And then I really doubted myself too. I'm like, maybe it isn't good. Um, but a few other friends kind of picked it up and were like, I'd love to see it, kind of read it. Um, Andrea Sensen was one of them. And uh, she met me for lunch. And uh, I thought the first thing she was going to say to me was like, you need to stop writing. This isn't this isn't good. <laughs> we both know Andrea Swenson, and yeah. she would never, ever, ever say that to she you. She wouldn't say she that. She would find a much nicer way to sort of nudge around that. Yeah. Notion. So um, I I still haven't reread it, but I think uh, my next step right now is to take a look at it, rewrite it, uh, fix a few things. And what I realized when my former editor or the former potential publisher looked at it they watered it down a lot and i, mm. I was, or that's what she wanted i'm like i really don't want to want to water down the asian experience you know i mean especially last year this past year i feel like our voices oh, yeah. need to be heard a lot more mm -hmm. um more so because it's like there's been so much violence against asian people mm -hmm. and then to say oh we need it for white people. And the funny thing is, like, I'm the third daughter in my family. And um, there's a book I love called Like Water for Chocolate. And in that mm -hmm. story, it centers around the third daughter as well. So I was like, I should rewrite this book and title it Like Watered Down Chocolate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, <That's good. laughs> that is good. <laughs> so yeah, that's, um, that's where I'm at right now with this project that's kind of looming over me. And a lot of projects are, but that is the one that's just, I've just kind of pushed back. Well, I mean, you're that kind of person who always has at least a half dozen things on simmer, probably a few other things waiting to find room on the stove, and then a couple things sitting right in front that are hot and demand immediate attention. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a lot, though. That That's exhausting. And to me, I feel the same way. I do a lot of things at the same time, all the time. You said and spinning plates one time, and I was like, that's perfect. Yep. Well, it, yeah. the, reason, the reason I so rarely use that analogy anymore is because, <laughs> you know, back when the Ed Sullivan show was on, there were still plate spinners that had 20 plates spinning, right? But there are people today who have literally never even seen a plate spinner. They're like, what do you mean so many plates spinning? But again, so that sort of thing. <laughs> and so you occasionally have to embrace the darker and more aggressive aspect of that. But ultimately, if you don't really believe, if you don't, if you don't feel like there's hope or that there's something better ahead, there's no way you wake up every day and continue mm -hmm. to dive into that that realm. And um, here's the, one last question about the book before we get to your next song. Mm -hmm. um, it's one thing to have an editor or a publisher tell you it's not really what we're looking for, you know, and depending on different things, I mean, the style might not have been right or the tone might not have been right, but it also had to be hard to not take it personally, or maybe you did. It's a book about you. I mean, that, right. that had to sting, right? Right. Yeah, it was about me. It was a lot about um, growing up Hmong and growing up, you know, just really frustrated with my culture and then trying to uh, fit in with a culture that I'm just like, I don't know where I fit in here. And mm. then it was, I talked about, you know, past love in there too. And I'm like, is that fair to him? Because he doesn't get to share his side of the story. Mm. So.
Yeah, but screw that guy. <laughs> I, 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 I was that was that was one hundred percent a joke. I'm sorry. I just I, I you 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 lobbed a softball right over the middle of home plate, and I could not not swing at it. Yeah, we're talking to you, Evang, and up next you have an artist, one of my favorites, local Minnesota female singer songwriter, always surrounds herself with the most talented players and producers. I've seen her live probably four or five times, and every time. It's one of those things where there's an X factor happening. You cannot take your eyes off her. Well, she's going to be part of this year's Midwest Music Festival, one of the two nights headliners late April down in Winona. I've been to the last three of the five of these things. And when I saw the lineup come out, I'm absolutely going this year. Just going to take care of a hotel before, you know, too late. So I'm not staying in lacrosse or something but Haley I love Haley unapologetically I played one of her songs on the most recent episode of the podcast why did you go with Haley I love Haley too she is uh, one of the best people I've interviewed um also uh, nothing against her she's probably one of the most scariest people I've interviewed because she's so strong in her right. convictions and I love that about her and then this song that I picked is reminds me of that person that um I wrote about in my book and um you know it's about heartache and moving on as well but not in a different way
seriously, man, every Haley show is a rock show, but it never fails to feature deep melody or her impossible voice. I'm such a giant fan, and she's one of the headliners of this year's uh, Midwest Music Fest. So it happens in Lacrosse and Winona, but I'm talking about just the Winona lineup on the 29th and 30th this mm -hmm. uh, coming spring. It's ridiculous, man. So I've been there three of the last five years, and there's always great bands down there. There are bands I'm going specifically to see, but then I always get these great surprises. And Winona is such a cool town. Polisa, Haley, Bad Bad Hats, Graveyard Club, Malman, who was on the most recent edition of the podcast, Kiss the Tiger and Humbert are going to be there. <clears throat> yep. Gully Boys are going to be there, who were on, I believe, the second or third podcast we ever did. The hottest band right now, or at least the buzziest band out of Minneapolis, Dury, is going to be playing there. But then a bunch of other great artists, Faith Bob, that we've had before, mm -hmm. um, that are going to be there that I don't know anything about. And I'm very much looking forward to finding out about, up to and including what might be the coolest band name I've ever heard. It's certainly out of Minnesota. The band is called Karate Chop, Silence. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what their music sounds like. They already won, man. Karate Chop, Silence is the name of your band. And you have to love Brave Choices. I'm Brian, that's Sean, and we're talking to you, Evang. And speaking of Brave Choices, you, uh, you've pivoted a lot in your career and your livelihood and the way that you've approached their life. It's one of the things I respect most about you is staying on your grind. When you say it like that, it sounds cliche, but you stay on your grind. You don't ever stop working or thinking or postulating. And so I want to ask you, as we look forward, I know that you still do your needlepoint, which people can find where? Uh, you can find it at 3dartycrafts.com. Okay, very good. Um, but you also... You've had such a long-term relationship with local musicians and the music scene that I can't imagine that's ever going to truly end. So whether it's being a publicist, whether it's writing about them freelance, whether it is actually representing them as artists, what does, and again, I know COVID turns everything upside down and smashes on its head, but what do you see your relationship with the Minneapolis and Minnesota music community looking like moving forward? What would you like it to look like? I don't know. I really, at this moment, I just needed to take a step back. I mean, I alluded to my job. It was a really tough situation for me to leave, to make that decision. Um, I had a really, uh, it was a toxic workspace and I needed to leave for my mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm taking a step back, not in terms of like uh, not doing that anymore, but I would love to find a job that eventually I'm booking again or I'm a talent buyer in a certain space um, and being able to do that. I spoke with Martin Devaney recently and he was like, I want to have it as a community and that's what I want to see too. Mm -hmm. um, and we talked a little bit about this advocacy group about uh, sexual abuse and sexual harassment that we've been dealing mm -hmm. with in the last just few years. I mean, it's been happening forever, but it's only come to light in the last few years. And people, number one, don't want to talk about it. But number two, it's hard to talk about because um, I'm not coming from the view of a sexual survivor. I'm looking to help make venues better. And that's hard for me to be like, I'm not working through that trauma to get to the next space. So I, I don't know what to do with that. 
is what I'm saying at this point. You know? Well, but you're clearly an ally. And I think simply using your voice to say, I'm here and we can talk and we can figure yeah. things out and let's try to find a better way forward. Right. I think that is an important step, right? I mean, like I you don't so. have to be a survivor to be an ally to survivors. You yeah. don't pretend to know what they're going through and what they've gone through. But I think that we all, no matter where we're from, stripe, yeah. color, whatever, every one of us needs to do a better job and I guess be more vocal, right? Like well, the, the, the last things, the last couple of things that have bubbled up, I literally didn't know anything about. Yeah. I knew the people involved. I literally had no idea because I'm not a hanger on. I'm not there after hours. I'm not there at the after parties and that right. kind of stuff. Well, or, or even at the venues. It's, it's so to me, it was wildly eye opening and it made me have to rethink a lot of what I thought I knew. Right. Well, and I think uh, my last thought on that subject is i think a lot of men are scared like am i next am i going to be the next person that's going to be people are going to point their fingers at me but i think we can look at it that way or else we can be like what can we do proactively to get there what how can i help you to not do this behavior anymore you know um also i just want men to call out other men you don't have to do it yes. publicly but you need to talk to your friend when i'm saying to you hey your friend is causing harm you mm -hmm. don't have to do it publicly, but don't come back to me and say, I don't believe you. This is not real. This is not happening. And that's what I want from other men. I'm tired of women having to call out their abusers. So, well, I guess, and that's what I, I guess I was trying to get to the heart of that very yeah. notion right there when I'm like, it, it, it caught me totally off guard. Yeah. I didn't know. Now I've had personal friends in my life many years ago where I had to do that very thing to them and I didn't call them out publicly, but I pulled them mm -hmm. aside and I'm like, yeah you can't be a piece of shit right i mean like <laughs> yes but like seriously like you know it's one thing if you're flirty and you're leaning in but to be an active aggressive predatory piece of garbage yes is not acceptable human behavior mm -hmm. okay well i guess we're all on the same page on that one yeah sean <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely right. well i just you uh, i think it's so important to be an ally a male yeah. or a female but i i don't know that this truly changes until more men say to their friends in private this needs to stop yeah uh you know this this needs to not not be okay and not yeah. happen anymore yeah. it's yeah. almost like you're saying sean that the world's not a locker room that's it's almost like you're saying that that's it that's actually that's exactly what i'm saying <laughs> i just don't get it i mean growing up with with mostly females in my family i got to hear too much of this uh there were females in my family that were uh uh, sexually abused mm -hmm. and witnessing that you become the kind of ally that it's so tragic you try to provide comfort but you also don't know what to say to make it better and it's a very right. helpless feeling and just trying to say to them well I'm not one of these guys you know I, I don't understand why anybody would do anything like that you know and people pray people pray on people that they feel they can hurt you know, yeah. they pr they prey on the weakest uh, many times, and I just for me the, the the greatest thing to that I've seen change people's lives is that they go from victim to survivor, and if you can do that, you seem to be able to heal from it and move forward in your life. If you can't, I've seen it turn into drug addiction, and uh, scary choices, uh, and so this is society's problem, not just women's problem, and not just victims' yeah. problem. It's oh, society's this, this problem. Is, so this is a man problem. I saw a meme this morning on social media mm -hmm. about the problem with 
part of the history American history is that we teach slavery as black history and not white yes history, right? yes and, and to me that speaks to this exact element that we're mm -hmm. talking about here men settle down <clears throat> you've never had greater and I, now I'm not even going to say it because it sounds like I'm making too flip a <laughs> point about it but I mean men get this way because they think they're men right and like just you've never had greater greater access to pornography go beat off and leave ladies alone man or leave other men alone just don't predators i i'm not trying to make light of it i just i cannot get my head around that attitude and it it, it needs to change so you before we say goodbye i do have to thank a couple of people i have to thank audioquip.com they're the ones who provided all the equipment in the smart start mn studio got to thank my buddy sean i need to thank the uh, and by need i mean want to thank my buddy sean you're welcome, Brian. Thank you. I think like we had a breakthrough right there. We also, uh, the good people at Smart Start, anybody who's ever listened, all of our Patreon members, Sean and I, after this deep freeze, are going to start putting together another event coming up here in the not-too-distant future. We'll come up with something good for you to thank you for all of your support of The Brian Oak Show. Yua, what do you think your next... I know you started a new job. You don't want to talk about it today. We can talk about it next time. Other than this... I mean, is this new job hyper hours like are you not going to be able to do anything else no it's, okay. it's nine to five <laughs> well okay well, then, but then, it's probably then, like, pretty boring well okay fine <laughs> I, have you heard podcasts before you have you heard them yes. they're, they're also pretty boring um it's really nice to have you come back and join us is there anything Thank we you. should talk about before we say goodbye uh no but when you did ask me to be on it i was like can't you find anybody more interesting Wow. But, uh, <laughs> See, but here's, we here's love you, you. Uh, you're, yeah, like, you're like, like kindred spirit. Absolutely. You don't, know, you don't know what other people think of you, right? Like you, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, you're like, oh, they must think I'm dumb or, oh, this person couldn't possibly like me or whatever. Yeah. That That's not the way the world works. I mean, like I told you early on, like, I, I feel like our Venn diagram is almost a complete circle yeah. between Same here. cynicism, the humor, mm -hmm the the sort of disinterest and authoritarianism and everybody moving to a better future we're going to have you back many many more times all right find I do somebody have, more interesting i do have one last line that i'd love to end the show with well so, please and then and, I, and then you need to take us into our final song yeah um i know this will speak to you brian but i was thinking about this the other day i was like as you're driving through the road of or on the road of life Turn on your fucking lights if there's any precipitation. <laughs> oh, like we always love talk it. about the road. Love of it. Yeah. I feel like I feel like at the beginning of Thundercats or like He Man by the power <laughs> of the Turn on your fucking headlights. And then, but again, you're right. It applies to so many things. Yes. Yeah. Well I guess right. It's universal. It is. Uh, this last song is actually. I. I hate saying this. I think I did interview her many years ago and I don't remember. Um, yes, but she is amazing. She's gone through a lot of changes in her career as well. And, and um, Alison Sudal, but now she goes by a fine frenzy and a new start. 